This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome back into News Radio WGNS. This is the action line right now, 812, and uh, temps kind of hovering in the mid 70s for you. Looks like it's going to be a cooler start to the day, but rain in the forecast later on in the day. And uh, as we mentioned, uh, kind of scattered thunderstorms throughout the day. So make sure those windows are up. Make sure if you're out walking to work or riding around on that bike, you, you have a second second plan if you're trying to stay dry this morning. We'd like to welcome in our first guest for the action line this morning. That's going to be Dr. Mark Burns from MTSU. He's the chair of the MTSU COVID-19 task force. And now, as uh, we mentioned, we'll have a few different guests this morning. We're going to start with Dr. Mark Burns, and uh, they're all going to be reps from MTSU of some sort of fashion. And we're going to kind of try to cover some different different categories. They're going to be reopening, but uh, we'll kind of talk about how that's going to happen. And, and Dr. Mark Burns is going to get us started this morning. So we say good morning and uh, welcome onto the show. Thank you, Nick. Good morning. Hey, thank you so much for uh, you're the you're the first guy on the list, so you're brave. You're the one who uh, decided to get up and and get us started this morning. So thank you for that. But uh, first and foremost, I just wanted to uh, ask you guys. Uh, obviously, very excited to have the school year back, and and we're not you know doing it totally how we how we're used to, but uh, we will be back in in some form or fashion. If you could talk about that, and uh, what has your guys's journey been like through all of this, trying to. You know, starting back in March through now, where you where you found out that we were going to have to isolate and social distance, and you know now we're we're back to the new school year and trying to get things on track. What has that been like for you guys? Well, it's it's been interesting for sure. Uh, as you know, in March when the pandemic sort of broke uh, here, uh, like virtually every university, we went uh, quickly over the course of ten days from a regular semester full of on ground classes and and some online classes to, to totally remote in a 10-day stretch we moved 3300 classes uh back quickly so that was that was quite a challenge and really we've spent much of the time since then since dr mcphee announced in april that we were going to come back on ground in some form this fall much of our time has been spent figuring out well how do we do that in these mitigating the risk from the virus to the degree that we can and maximizing the educational value uh, at the same time. So that's really been our goal. How do you do the best you can on both of those fronts? When we were chatting this week, you guys had mentioned there were a couple different options for, for students to learn, to get back in the classroom. Talk about those different options and uh, what do you guys expect to be maybe be the majority? Is there is there one style that you think maybe is going to overpower the rest of them, and that's going to be the majority, or do you expect that to kind of spread out and um, you know be be kind of even across the playing field? Right, we have five different course types as we call them, ranging from your traditional, totally on ground, come to campus, come to class every day, to fully online, don't come to campus at all, do the work independently 
on your own schedule, and then we've got a variety of, of types in between. So we've got a broad spectrum of choices. Um, right now, a, almost 40% of our classes this fall, of which there will be 5,300 or so, will have some on-ground component. Either they'll be all on-ground or partly on-ground, that is the hybrid courses that meet sometimes on ground, sometimes online. Slightly more than 40% that will be all online in some form or the other. That is, you don't have to come to campus at all. Some of those will have a synchronous Zoom meeting element to them. That is, students need to be available during certain days and times. Some will not. Um, And then we've got about 20% of other courses that don't really have a scheduled meeting time, internships, practicum, dissertation, and thesis hours. So it's, it's, our offerings are spread pretty much uh, across the board. Um, it's it's going to be a different fall semester. There's, I mean, there's no doubt about that. There'll be fewer students on campus at any one time, and, and that was really our goal. We wanted those classes that really needed to be taught in person for educational reasons, more hands-on classes. We wanted to make sure we 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 did in fact teach those on ground in every every case that we could. I think we live in a great time to to have to try to maneuver and call audibles as far as, you know, being able to uh, talk to people and have these classroom settings, but people can be at home on their computers, on their phones, on their tablets. Um, which is good in a, in a way, but you know, not not so great that we're forced to have to do that. But you know, that's kind of the reality we're in right now. Did you guys have most of the things on hand to make this work, as far as having the students at home, or did you have to? Okay, we're going to need some of this. We're going to need to do that. We're going to need to upgrade this department to make sure mm-hmm. that that everything would work. Having having kids spread out, well, really across the country. I'm sure a lot of these students from MTSU are, are back home. Uh, maybe at mom and dad's or, or you know where they where they grew up was that was that a challenge to make sure you guys had the uh, the capacity to make that work? It was definitely a challenge. No, we had a good IT system uh, in place at the time, but IT is just not on our side. The students had to have the right devices and software and access to to make things work for them. So in the spring. As we'll do in the fall, we loaned laptops and Chromebooks and hot Wi-Fi hotspots to students and a few faculty who didn't have that stuff to, to go online at home. And so that was really an important part of our effort was to, yeah, going online from an academic standpoint is hard enough, but then we also tried to keep in, in mind that not everybody has equal access to Internet and to the mobile devices and so that that was part of the equation the other part which has taken place this summer uh, again uh, through the work of our IT department is uh, upgrading classrooms now most of them were smart classrooms already in terms of technology but we wanted an ability to be able to project video uh, to live stream and to record what's going on in the classroom and make that available to students who cannot come to class. Um, now, we're, we're still in the process of doing that. That was a, a, a big job requiring equipment that was hard to get, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing that in place here shortly. One of the other big obstacles that you know so many people have had to face is 
uh, having the hand sanitizer, having the cleaning supplies to disinfect constantly, and right. uh, to, to have the masks. Everybody needs a mask, and quite frankly, I'm as guilty as anybody. Sometimes you lose them. Uh, you yep. throw them in the laundry, and you, you know. So I have about six or seven of them spread out throughout my life. I have a few at work, few at my other job, few at home, few in my car. Um, what what did you guys need to do in that way? Was there uh, a big push to maybe get extra masks and get some of the stuff extra because you know you know you'll need it down the road and and that or are the students in that um, does that kind of fall on them to make sure that they have what they need in that way? Right, great question. We had endless, seemingly endless discussions on masking. How do we enforce it, and how do we help make sure that students and staff and faculty have what they need? So we have bought at least 60,000 masks, and it might be more than that. It's hard to keep up. So we're going to provide free uh, two masks to every employee and uh, I think two to every student. Um, and uh, it will all, these will be cloth masks, reusable, that we'll ask the folks to keep up with, to launder, to wear every day. Um, then for those who forget their masks, which I, I've certainly done that myself, we'll have in department offices and a few key places around campus a, a limited supply of, of free disposable masks um, so that, you know, because we've said you can't come into a building without a mask, we don't want people left out of buildings or missing class because they forgot their masks. So we're trying to account for that eventuality, too. So none of this is at any charge to the students or the faculty. Um, it's just one of the, the costs that the university is taking on that in, in, in this response. Our first guest this morning, that's University uh, Dr. Mark Burns, chair of the MTSU COVID-19 task force, and uh, amongst you know many things to discuss, you know, how are students back in the classroom, what different fashions of uh, learning do they have available to them? Of course, the sanitization of everything, and um, it, you know, it's it's a lot to take in. But uh, you know, it sounds like you guys are, are doing your best. You're on top of it. Um, you know, trying to get ahead of some of these things that you suspect maybe might come up. Maybe you know, students losing or not having masks, or uh, you know, folks who maybe live out and don't have the internet that we have here in the city, who maybe would have trouble doing online learning at home. Sounds like you guys have, have really covered and and uh, kind of stretched that wingspan to make sure that everybody can can get in and, and get back to learning, which I think is the key goal here. We had a quick listener question I wanted to ask you, and then. Uh, we'll move on to our next guest. That's Dr. Eric Clark, medical director of MTSU Student Health. The listener was asking about uh, sports, and if and this, this is kind of a loaded question because I know so many people are are still unsure about that. But moving forward, is there any kind of discussions on um, how you could have the stadium full again, or have you know at, at some capacity, or the tailgating? Tailgating is such a great tradition. Um, has that conversation come up at all and, and had any, uh, you know, any new information come out that says maybe we'll try this next fall or next spring, um, you know, as far as, as having people back in the arena and uh, being able to see the uh, Blue Raiders? Oh, yes, that question has come up, and we've had a lot of conversation about it. Um, and, and our athletic department uh, and athletic director have made a lot of plans about different ways that we could approach that. In, in a socially distanced manner. That's really the challenge in the stadium is to make sure uh, people are, are far enough apart, given yelling and clapping and uh, and uh, all that sort of activity that, that tends to produce more droplets and tra droplets traveling farther. The bottom line, though, really, is 
that it's not totally our decision. And the, the conference, CUSA, will have uh, a, a lot of say about what the season looks like. And of course, we've seen nationally a couple of conf- major conferences have already said, no, we're not going to do football this fall. But then you got a couple of major ones who said, have not said that yet, uh, SEC being a notable example. So we're sort of waiting to see uh, what happens around the country? Uh, we're, we're making contingency plans to play. We would love to play, but the first priority has got to be the safety of our players and our fans. Absolutely, and that's I think that's that's a great way to sum that up. Um, and you know, I, when you mentioned some of the conferences that haven't haven't canceled yet, I, I kind of you know I'm a big sports fan, and it hurts me to say, but uh, I think some of these conferences that haven't canceled yet might just. That might be it. They haven't canceled yet. Uh, maybe they're just still trying to figure out a way to make it work. But it seems like you know, for now, um, that that's going to be kind of a stretch. Maybe next year would be would be the next go around to you know look look at a, at a full stadium or a partially full stadium and and get back to that. But uh, well, certainly a lot to talk about. A lot of good information this morning. That's Dr. Mark Burns joining us, chair of the MTSU COVID nineteen task force uh i I gotta say you guys are doing a great job your hands are full and then some and uh you you know i think you guys are doing a great job taking this thing on so thank you so much for what you're doing and and what you have done and uh, giving us a few minutes this morning any final thoughts before we uh, move on to dr eric clark uh no just that we've got a lot of great people on campus really everybody has pitched in it's been a team effort to try to address this as as best we can it's not going to be perfect uh, but we are working hard and taking it very seriously all righty. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mark Burns. Uh, you guys need anything? If you know if new information comes up, or uh, you just you just need to get some information out to our listeners, we're always here for you. So uh, just just let us know what we can do to help. Thank you, Nick. All righty. Thank you. Oh, Dr. Mark Burns joining us, and uh, our next guest, Dr. Eric Clark, Medical Director of MTSU Student Health Services. He'll be up next. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll be right back. WGNS Good Neighbor Events. There are two kayak floats coming up sponsored by Outdoor Murfreesboro. One is for adults, and that's on Friday night, August 21st. The family kayak float is on Saturday, August 29th, starting at 10 that morning. These are both on the Stones River and sponsored by Murfreesboro Outdoor, along with the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department. To learn more, Get with the friends at the Wilderness Station in Barfield Park. And don't you dare miss the Hammer Down for Habitat Poker Run. And it starts at 8 o'clock Saturday morning, September the 19th, right there at Habitat for Humanity, 850 Mercury Boulevard. Call Habitat for Humanity. The 18th Annual Greenway Art Festival will not be in the Old Fort Park this year, but instead on the city of Murfreesboro's website. And it will run on that website September the 19th through October the 1st. WGNS reminds you to wash your hands regularly with soap, cover your cough, wear a mask, and avoid crowds. Plus, when you shop, shop local. Welcome back into the Action Line. Nick Cohn here with you. Right now, 827. 
And our next guest this morning, uh, and if, if you're just joining us, I, I mentioned this earlier on in the day, but uh, we thought we thought a good idea for a show would have uh, a number of different MTSU representatives come in and kind of talk about the reopening. And uh, to do so, we've we've kind of had some people phoning in, and uh, one guy here, one guy there. So um, trying to keep the the WGNS radio studio. Uh, under capacity. That's that's our goal this morning, but to also get that information out to you guys. Dr. Eric Clark, our next guest. He's the medical director of MTSU Student Health Services. Dr. Eric, good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday to you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and, and giving us oh, a couple minutes this morning. We uh, chatted briefly uh, off the air and uh, kind of what you guys are up against uh, with the student health services, but uh, you know, you guys have as, as big of a job as anybody. I know so many people excited for sports, so many people excited for the students to learn and to get back in the classrooms, but uh, bottom line is, is they need to be healthy, and that's that's kind of falling on your guys' lap to make sure that you're doing everything you can to uh, to keep those kids safe, and parents are sending their kids across the country to, to be at MTSU, and uh, you know, knowing that you guys will, will do everything you can to, uh, to keep them safe and, and make sure their well-being is taken care of. What are some of the obstacles you've had to face, and, and where are you guys at in all of this, and, and trying to get the school year back in, uh, back in full swing? Nick, one of the most important things is how do we open up this campus and keep it socially distanced? So we had a masking mandate so that everybody needs to mask. Classes have been set up so that everybody's going to be socially distanced six feet uh, apart. And what is it's felt is if everybody masks and is six feet apart, then respiratory droplets will be much less likely to spread person to person so we can mitigate the spread that way. We've got significant signage in the classrooms to that regard and for, for seating. Uh, for residence halls, we've gone to just one person in each residence hall room to help. We've got isolation and quarantine beds set up at, so that if, if we get a surge, that we have a place for people to stay so that we don't have spread. In the clinic itself, we've really had to, to think outside the box a little bit. We've got uh, a drive-up, walk-up COVID uh, center set up in the back of our uh, building because we, we've, we've got to be able to test people but we've got limited rooms on the inside, and you don't want to have to uh, close off a room for three hours after each patient. And so that's that's been a, a big change for us. We also have gone to some telemedicine as well. Uh, we're going to do seven days a week so that we can COVID uh, test on the weekends as well. And then contact tracing. Contact tracing is, is a big part of this. So if somebody is sick with COVID, they need to isolate for 10 days, and that's, that's a long time. And if you're in, in class, it's, it's a big deal. And then close contacts, those who've been uh, within six feet for uh, 10 minutes or more, is kind of the, considered the, the latest from the Tennessee Department of Health. They're going to need to quarantine for 14 days. That's an even longer time, and that's because of the, the uh, time that the virus uh, could, could occur during that person after exposure. So a lot, a lot of different things to think about. A lot of different angles there. What, uh, what, what does a normal day look like for you guys? Maybe before COVID, um, you know, what were some of the things that you guys would be concerned with prior uh, to COVID, as far as keeping students healthy, and and how has that kind of changed? Because right now COVID seems to be the main focus. But uh, what are some other things that you guys maybe would have looked at on a normal year, if you can, if you say that a normal year? What would be, what would that look like for you? Sure. Well, Nick, in a normal year, we, we get the different runs of viruses going through with influenza being the, the worst offender, usually hit, hitting in, in a little bit in November, but definitely in January and February as they, the students come back. And that those some of those uh, years are much worse than others. We had the H1N1 uh, back in 2009. 
and that that's a big part of what we do. We we run a full primary care clinic here. We've we've got full primary care with women's women's health. Uh, we've got X-ray labs, so we try to do full primary care for the students. If somebody has an orthopedic injury, uh, things like that, uh, basic basic primary care. And so this year we've we've got the extra uh, load here with with what we've got going on with COVID-19, and we've really had to try to think things through for safety. What, uh, what, what's been done in, in conversations as far as not overlooking some of those other things, some of the other the viral infections you talked about, H1N1, things like that that pop up throughout the year, the seasonal flu. Um, is there still a focus on that as well as COVID, or are you guys you know, kind of just saying, let's, let's get through COVID, let's focus on this, put all of our resources there? Well, we, we've got to be prepared for those because they, there, there's going to be a lot of overlap. In, in college students, the typical 18- to 22-year-old college student, they've, they've categorized COVID-19 as mild, moderate, and severe. And mild is cold-like symptoms, so it's not going to be distinguishable from a cold. And then moderate is more flu-like symptoms. And so we're, we're going to see both of those. And so what, what we've done for, the, for anyone who's got cold-like symptoms who comes in for testing they need to isolate until the test result comes back because we just can't afford to have spread. The more it spreads through uh, the, the university and through the, the community, the less likely we are to succeed. And then for the, uh, for the flu season, uh, this year we've been blessed to be able to get some uh, additional flu supplies. Influenza vaccine will be provided to us from the state for free. That's the first time that we've been uh, able to do that. We always offer flu shots on campus. We have flu clinics, but we've never had it free. And I'm hoping that there'll be an increased take-up on the campus because they're, they're not going to be distinguishable. We're going to have people with flu-like symptoms as that starts to kick in in November, and you, you cannot tell until the test comes back. Dr. Dr. Eric Clark, uh, Medical Director of MTSU Student Health Services, that's our guest this morning. Towards the end of the year for Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, and that, that's a tough one because that's when students go back and see their family. Some of them may be driving um, – you know, many hours across the country to go see mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. And, you know, throughout the rest of the year, you could you could make the argument that staying home is a little bit easier and, and not going out and social distancing is a little bit easier. But once Christmas and Thanksgiving come around, that's, that's when people go see family members maybe they don't see for the rest of the year. What conversations have you guys had with the student staff to, to say, hey, guys, this is something we're expecting? I, you know, a lot of you are going to go home for Christmas. But here are some things you need to do to make sure when we come back, and you know, I'm talking beginning of December, beginning of January, this thing doesn't flare back up. One, one step even before that discussion is the semester itself. How could we alter the semester to make, make it less of a risk for people coming and going? So we've compressed the fall semester a little bit. There's no fall break. And then at the Thanksgiving holiday period and after, exams will be remote so that we won't have as much person-to-person interaction after the Thanksgiving holiday. We just felt like to mitigate spread, it was going to be necessary. And then the way university schedules are set up, there is that long break uh, that happens over the holiday season. And we've got to, be, we've got to see closely what the uh, viral uh, numbers are going to be in our our county and our state during that time and make appropriate plans for what our spring is going to going to be. 
And then as far as just in general, I'm sure you guys have had the conversation with students, sent out emails and, and different uh, you know informational pieces. But what are you telling the students and the staff as well to, uh, to think about? You know, right now, this is a unique time. What are you telling them? Hey, guys, here's something to keep in the back of your head. We, you know, don't do this. Don't do this. Here's a few things that, that might help keep the numbers down and keep you guys safe. Obviously, wearing a mask, washing your hands, social distancing. But has there been anything else that you guys have, have mentioned to these, these students and staff to say, hey, we're, you know, we're all in this. We want to make this work, but all of us are responsible to hold up our end of the bargain. We, there have been so many things going on at, at once. Uh, the one I'm most proud of that we, we saw yesterday, the, the students themselves with some of the faculty help have come out with a plan called Defend True Blue, and they're going to have some uh, different things on campus to try to, to make it a, uh, a student-driven uh, focus to, hey, let's, we, we've got to do what we need to do to keep open, masking, social distancing, that, that's a plan. We've even talked to uh, St. Thomas Rutherford uh, about Defend True Blue to see if they might want to get involved with that a little bit as well. Uh, we, I, we've talked to the residence hall, uh, uh, resident assistants yesterday. Anything that we can to, to be proactive, we're doing. And uh, we've, we've got to make this work. We've got students who need to be educated. We've got some classes that on ground is, is, is going to be the only way. You know, a pilot has to, to fly an airplane. An air traffic controller has to have their, their lab. We've got chemistry labs and biology labs. We need that on-ground presence. We can do some things that aren't on ground, but some classes are just not uh, best done in that regard. So I think the students really understand that, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of what, what they've done and what they're going to do. Excellent. Our guest this morning, Dr. Eric Clark, Medical Director of MTSU Student Health Services. I wanted to get to a a listener question. This was an interesting question, and uh, then we're going to move on. Sarah Sudak is our next guest. She's the Associate Vice President for Student Affairs and Dean of Students. Um, But they were asking, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit for them, uh, sometimes you see some of these big universities uh, working on on vaccines and working on treatments or, or things to maybe help. And right now, there's a, there's a lot of different colleges out there who maybe uh, their biology department, their medical department is is kind of checking out some different things and trying to learn more about what COVID is, uh, where it comes from, how to how to slow it down. Has there been any of that going on at MTSU? Has, has anybody um, have there been any classes or any any kind of programs that have maybe focused on that a little bit, just to even learn more about it and just just figure out what it is and and where it comes from. Well, I wish Mark was involved in this part. I, that's that's part that I haven't uh, been involved in, but there's been discussions, but I don't know from a summer, summer standpoint from classes. Some of the ones with the big medical schools would be the ones that would be more likely involved because of the medical research that they can do, uh, with like Vanderbilt up in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, any final thoughts this morning before uh, before we let you go? I wanted to thank you again for uh, giving us a few minutes and uh, and teaching us a few things, learning uh, more about what uh, what's going on at our big big university here in Murfreesboro, but uh, any any final thoughts? Well, just if, if if people in the county can can be supportive as well with the the masking mandate, if people can please try to to mask in the community so we can keep numbers low. Numbers in July and August really went up to numbers that were really untenable, and they're just starting to come back down with that masking mandate, and 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 it may, it means a big deal to our our campus. If county numbers are lower, it gives us a, a much better fighting chance to get through this semester. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Eric Clark, Medical Director of MTSU Student Health Services. He was our second guest this morning. And uh, thank you so much. If you guys need anything, I, I mentioned this to Dr. Mark, but if you guys need anything, if if you just need a, a microphone to get some information out to the public or, or any kind of news and that, we're here for you guys. We'd, we'd love to help however we can. So uh, thank oh. you for all you do. Thank you so much, Nick. Take care. All righty. 
All righty, folks. That is our uh, second guest this morning. Our third guest coming up in just a few minutes. That's going to be Sarah Sudak, the Associate Vice President for Student Affairs and Dean of Students. Hey, I wanted to let you guys know we got a message from our friends over at MAPCO. How do you feel about two-for-three Lays or Cheetos? What about regular M&Ms for only a dollar? These are just a handful of sweet deals that you can find right now at MAPCO. You'll be surprised at how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. That's where I stop every morning on my way into work here to grab my drinks. Don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to learn uh, to earn points to use towards items like ice-cold fountain drinks or even fuel. Always, always trying to save money. You can save money on your fuel. That's something that we all use. Um, so download that app. The app's available for both iPhones and Androids. So stop by and save at your local MAPCO today. We're going to take a quick time out, and we'll continue this conversation in just a few minutes. Are you tired of constantly spending money on sprays and other things to control mosquitoes around your home? If so, come by Holden Hardware and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. When used properly, the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators will kill up to 95% of the mosquitoes in the covered area for up to 90 days. This year, make mosquito control easier and cheaper. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand-washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we do our very best to be very price competitive. On most major items, we're matching internet prices and sometimes even better. So if you're looking for great quality at good prices, this is the place to shop. Come by today and join our Play Today music program. We can get you started playing today and ready to go. This is Dave Kivanemi inviting you to come by Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro across from Indian Hills. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Hey, guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. Veteran owned and operated by a U.S. Navy shipmate. You could say he knows the ocean well. Bubba Gandy Seafood on Memorial Boulevard across from the Sportscom. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here for this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions a high in the upper 80s. Winds out of the northeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 74. 
Good morning traffic still holding up right now here on 24, making your way up through the Hickory Hollow area, up through that construction. Now be careful throughout the day. They've been running a lot of radar, not only in that area there of I-24, but uh, near Bell Road, but also out here around Epps Mill Road as you come in from Coffee County. That's still moving right along at this point on the interstate. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is the original hot chicken in Middle Tennessee. Check them out at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chunk here on Time Traffic. Time now for the Doug Young Educator of the Month from News Radio, WGNS, and City Tile and Floor Covering, spotlighting Dr. Beth Utter, a fifth grade teacher at Black Fox Elementary. I've always wanted to be a teacher since I was three years old. I played school with my younger sister, friends, and toys. I've always enjoyed the curiosity, excitement, and the thrill of learning. Every day I look forward to helping and supporting the whole child to discover learning on a daily basis and use that learning to solve future challenges on their own in the classroom and in the real world. I enjoy partnering and supporting students to help them feel motivated, comfortable, and happy in the classroom. Black Fox Elementary 5th grade teacher Dr. Beth Utter is the Doug Young Educator of the Month, sponsored by City Tile and Floor Covering on Spring Street. To nominate a teacher for Educator of the Month, head to WGNSRadio.com forward slash educator and tell us about it. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family owned and operated since 1989. COVID-19 has changed our world and First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. We understand your uncertainty, and First National Bank of Murfreesboro is always here for our customers. We encourage the use of our digital tools, ATM, mobile banking, internet, and even the drive through First National Bank of Murfreesboro, 2230 Mercury Boulevard. Now a part of the Capstar Bank family, member FDIC. Alrighty, folks, welcome back in. A, a short break there, and off we go for our third segment of the Action Line this morning. Our guest is Deb Sells, who is the Vice President of Student Affairs and Enrollment. And uh, Deb, I say good morning. How are you? I'm really well. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, giving us a few minutes this morning. And uh, for those listening, scratching their heads, I actually had the wrong name down for our third guest. So our third guest this morning is going to be Deb Sells. And uh, Deb, thank you so much for giving us just a few minutes. And uh, wow, we, we've we've learned a lot this morning already. Dr. Mark and uh, Dr. Eric have been great. They've uh, kind of taught us Okay, here's what classrooms might look like. Here are the different options for those who are returning. Uh, Dr. Eric covered pretty much everything on you know how we're going to keep students safe. Uh, talked about their uh, health and wellness availability and and you know some of the clinics and that that are available on campus for students who uh, may be showing symptoms or or other things. We you know we mentioned the importance of not forgetting about the seasonal flu and and some of the other things that come up throughout the year. So it sounds like they are they are all over it. They have they have got that covered and um, are you know really really excited to to kick off the new school year, but do it safely. Um, so you'll be our third guest this morning, and I just wanted to say uh, 
what can we expect? What's been different with enrollment? And uh, you know what looks different from from your angle? I got to imagine enrollment this year has been a little different because you know you have your different options for online or at home, and, and you're not having these kids come in maybe like they would and flood campus, and you see the the freshmen coming in with mom and dad, and it's been a little different this year. It's been very different this year, and people across the country are all monitoring the numbers and, and wondering what's happening on a national scale, as well as, of course, I monitor the numbers here for our campus. Nationally, there's a lot of conversation about our newest students, particularly new freshmen and new transfers, really reconsidering the question of whether or not college is right for them at this time. So nationally, folks are looking at that question very carefully. Um, and they're expecting some um, lower enrollments at many colleges and universities across the country. We're very lucky this year that our enrollment is still holding. Uh, last fall, our freshman class was up 14%, uh, which was really a phenomenon for us that, that blew us away. This year, we are probably going to be down a little bit in freshmen, but because of that big bump last year, uh, we're still going to end up having um, a very healthy-sized freshman class. And overall right now, I just looked at the numbers this morning, our overall enrollment for fall is still ticked up about a percentage point. So our returning students are planning to come back. Our graduate students have really grown over the course of the year. And our freshmen are going to be just a tiny bit smaller, uh, but uh, we're prepared for them to have a great experience when they get here. We've really missed our students this summer. You mentioned... Uh, the the question is college right for me this year. Has there been that conversation? Have you guys noticed uh, students that are saying, "Well, maybe you know, maybe I'll get a a summer job. Maybe I'll stay home with mom and dad for for another year, and then try next year when things are back to normal." Have the students been excited? Uh, have they been up for the challenge? What what have you seen? Yeah, the students are really excited. But again, on a national level, families are really having to grapple with the question of um, as as many of the classes are online. Uh, and as they worry about the coronavirus, there are a lot of national conversations going on about whether or not they want their students to move to a campus uh, this year, given that uh, it, it's going to look a little different than it has looked in previous years. Um, but the students themselves are remarkably excited. We uh, have a MTSU Class of 2024 Facebook page, and Typically, we get about a half of every entering class that occupies their Facebook page. We have one every year for the new incoming freshmen. This year, the numbers on that page have doubled, and I think that's because the students left their high schools, you know, to learn from home early in March, so they were really missing a lot of that student contact that they would typically have, and so they reached out to start making early contact with their uh, soon-to-be peers here on campus, and so their Facebook page this year has just been remarkably busy and lively, and they're very excited and introducing each other and asking lots of questions, uh, and they, to a person, are talking about how they can't wait to get started this fall. What has been the main question that, that you guys have been asked from students and from parents? Has there been any, uh, you know, anything that's just come up over and over and over and over as far as, uh, I'm sure some of them maybe are, you know, how are you going to keep the kids safe? What is the classroom going to look like? But has there been anything that's, that's come up over and over again that maybe would be a good thing to announce now just to kind of to get the information out there? What do, uh, what do the parents in that, uh, what are they wanting to know? Right, sure. There are, there are several themes, of course, they they want to know about safety, and so I know you've already heard this morning about our requirement that students wear masks when they're inside our buildings and that we have rearranged classrooms and moved classes so that everyone will be six feet apart and socially distanced 
So that's been a, a common question. Uh, when we began the summer, the question about uh, living on campus in dorms and residence halls and apartments was a big one for them, uh, which really led us to the decision to make every room on campus this year a private room. So nobody will have a roommate. They'll all sleep uh, in a private sleeping area this fall, and we think that's just another step towards uh, increasing safety. But one of the big questions is, you know, will my students still have an out-of-classroom experience? They they really grieved the loss this spring of senior proms and graduations and the kinds of things that seniors love about the extracurricular aspect of their last year of high school. And so there have been a lot of questions about, uh, as we look at social distancing, how do you balance safety and social distancing with the kind of interaction students expect and need as they adapt to college life? And so we've had a lot of conversations about that. Uh, we've got a lot going on this fall for students outside of the classroom. It will look different than previous years. In, in previous years, a lot of our opening week activities were big, large group gatherings of, of three or 4,000 students all together, and obviously we're not going to be doing those this year. This year, a lot of our events are more um, small group focused, and so things like, oh, there, there are these amazing scavenger hunt apps for their phones where we can create scavenger hunts that help them learn about the campus or learn about their major or learn about the traditions and history, uh, and they can participate in those and compete against each other. Um, and they don't have to do that in a large group. That can take place in groups of, of two or three or singles uh, and spread over the 500 acres of our campus and spread over several hours. And so those become safe activities for them to get to know folks, uh, but not in these big groups of, of three or 4,000 students. Has there been any uh, talks from student athletes who maybe were looking to come on this year and uh, with, with the sports season just looking a little bit different? Maybe some of those student athletes said, maybe I'll take a year off. Has that been a conversation at all, or are they just excited to get out there and be a part of, uh, be a part of whatever is available and what, and what capacity? If those conversations have happened, I, I am not aware of them. All I'm aware of is that the student-athletes have come pouring back to campus to be a part of voluntary workouts and now uh, the actual preseason practices. Uh, they seem to be excited. They seem to be in good spirits. Uh, they understand the, the need to follow the rules so that we can keep them safe and, and pursue the fall season. Uh, but I think they're probably a little anxious because there's still a lot up in the air. Uh, as all of the conferences across the country make decisions about what fall will look like. So I think there's probably a little more anxiety, but I am not aware of student-athletes um, resisting the idea of coming back. And I think so many are just so excited uh, to yeah. you know, be a part of what's available, whether it, you know, even if it is a, a smaller capacity or less fans or no fans. Uh, I think uh, you know, they're just excited to dive back in and be a part of that team, and, and a lot of these newcomers will be here for a few years, and um, you know, this is kind of when you start building those reputations and, and relationship with coaches and the students and staff and things like that. So um, sure. I, I would suspect that they would be uh, very excited to get back in there and uh, play some sports and, and be with their friends and, uh, and of course, do that safely and uh, responsibly. Our guest this morning, Deb Sells from MTSU. She's the Vice President of Student Affairs and Enrollment. Uh, Debs, any final thoughts this morning? Anything that we're missing? Um, you know, we've, we've covered a lot, and I wanted to give you a few minutes here as we wrap up to just uh, let us know anything maybe that we've missed or any new information that you have that you wanted to get out this morning. 
Uh, no, I really appreciate the chance to talk with you. It's been a, it's been probably the oddest summer of my career working in higher education, which has been for more than 30 years. So it's been a very odd summer. And the people in my division, student affairs, we, we spend our careers working directly with students. So we have really missed our young people this summer. We can't wait to get them back this fall. We're working really around the clock and on the weekends to try to make sure that we have every possible safety uh, measure in place. Uh, and we just are really looking forward to, to having them all back here this fall. All righty. Well, thank you so much. If you guys need anything, if uh, you need a microphone to get the information out or breaking news or anything changes, we're here to help, and we'd like to be a part of the solution any way we can. So uh, just let us know what you guys need, and we are here for you. Uh, I think I speak uh, for everybody's behalf when I say you guys are uh, really taking on a huge challenge here, but you're, you're doing a great job, and uh, we're excited to see what the future holds. Well, we are too. Thanks so much for your support. All righty. Thank you so much. Yep. Bye-bye. All righty, folks. Well, hopefully you learned a few things today. We uh, chatted with Dr. Mark Burns and Dr. Eric Clark and uh, Deb Sells, of course, all from MTSU in some different fashion. But I think the goal is uh, to get those kids back in the classrooms and uh, get the athletics going again and, and try to get back to normalcy. But to do it safely might not look the same, but uh, a lot of the end results will be the same. And I think you know the important thing is is everybody at MTSU is on board to make this work. So that is exciting, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Some really smart folks there, uh, you know, getting behind this thing and making it work. So uh, I think I think anything is possible at this point. These guys are, are doing a great job. Uh, just a few minutes here left at the top of the hour. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we will see you guys back here for the Truman Show live from Sylvan Park. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to News Radio WGNS. The Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. Start your mornings with WGNS. Weekday mornings at 9. The Truman Show. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10 on the stations of WGNS. Hi, I'm Wade Hayes, owner of Toots, Good Food and Fun. I strongly believe that volunteers make a positive difference in the quality of life here in our community. Local businessman Danny Patel volunteers his time and resources to helping the less fortunate in this community. Over the years, he has helped so many through the Murfreesboro Salvation Army. 